Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. So I've got an interesting date for you, September 1st. So you may be asking yourself, okay, George, what's the big deal about September 1st? Well, that could be the day that triggers or starts the recession that the yield curve has been predicting. Let's go down a rabbit hole here. Let's try to connect some dots. And the first thing I want to present to you is uh, my Twitter feed. Let's go over there. And this is from the Wall Street Journal. This will be familiar for most of you who have been paying attention, watching my videos. The renowned nervousness about bank losses sent some investors back into the treasury market. You guys know we've had problems with the banking sector with Silicon Valley Bank, but even more recently with PacWest and then the bank uh, about a week ago that blew up in Kansas. This would lead us to believe that we're not in... We haven't seen the end of this banking crisis in 2023. They go on to say, where yields have been climbing in recent weeks amid worry about inflation and growing belief that the economy would avert a recession. The benchmark 10-year note was up to a yield of 3.97%. Now, of course, as we speak, it's up near 4.2%. So one thing I, I want to highlight here before we move on is this part right in the middle. Yields had been climbing in recent weeks amid worry about inflation and growing belief that the economy would avert a recession. You guys have been hearing this, I'm sure, in the mainstream media over and over and over and over again. No landing, the very worst, a soft landing. Why are you bearish? Forget the stupid yield curve. It's dead. It's different this time. The economy is booming. The unemployment rate is low. Why can't you perma bears just accept the fact that it's nothing but sunshine, rainbows, and unicorns as far as the eye can see? As you know, this is the narrative. But what's interesting about this quote from the Wall Street Journal is it wasn't from last week. Oh, no. When was it from? Well, we scroll up here. We can see this is from the Wall Street Journal, June 2nd of 2008. I want to repeat. From the quote, yields had been climbing in recent weeks due to worries about inflation and growing belief that the economy would avert a recession. This is June 2nd of 2008. Sounds eerily similar, doesn't it, to what we hear today. Now let's get on to the main point of discussion. We go to CNBC, and now let's, we're with this as a backdrop. And the reason I present this at the very beginning is because everybody is saying that, oh my gosh, you know, the yield curve has to be wrong because it's been 12 months. No, this cycle is playing out just like every other cycle before it. And this is proof positive. It is not different this time. It's playing out the exact same way. So now let's get or move our attention over to what is happening September 1st. It's a really big deal. So not from a macro standpoint, we can see that this time it's most, uh, most likely not different. So then you've got to look for a catalyst that may create that steepening in the curve where it's no longer inverted. And as you guys know from watching my videos, paying attention to history, that's when the economic stuff usually hits the fan. That's when the probability is highest that we see a recession, economic crisis, etc. But what could trigger it, let's get on to that, September 1st is when student loan payments resume. I say, oh, George, that's not that big of a deal, right? What's an extra 400 bucks? 
which is the average payment for uh, someone who's a borrower. But listen to this. According to CNBC, 56% of borrowers say they will have to choose between their debt and buying groceries. And I'd like to remind you, this is with the unemployment rate at 3.5-3.6%. Historically low number going back to the 1960s. And let's also remember, like we've said on videos today, in fact, that Jerome Powell's number one objective right now is to do what? Increase the unemployment rate. Because these central planners just bow down and worship the Phillips curve. So they believe that in order to smash inflation permanently, you have to get the unemployment rate up because of this thing called the wage price spiral. So again, let's think this through. If 56% of borrowers say they'll have to choose between debt and paying and buying groceries with the unemployment rate at 3.5, what percentage of borrowers would make this same statement if the unemployment rate was 6, 7, maybe 8%? I mean, we'd go from 56% to who knows what number. Because remember, it's not just the people who lose their jobs that are impacted. It's they're losing their jobs because the businesses are doing less business. So this has a contagion effect, a systemic effect across the entire economy. It's not just, oh, well, what percentage of the borrowers equal the people that lost their jobs? No, no, no. It's what percentage of people are impacted by this economic slowdown that is created by the Federal, or well, that the Federal Reserve is trying to create. Let's just put it that way. So federal student loan payments are coming back and they're going to wreak havoc on borrowers' budgets. Their words, not mine. Interest accruals resume on September 1st, and payments will be due October for the first time in over three years. So many of you listening to this video, I would put myself in that camp. I don't have a student loan payment. So I've been kind of following this from the outside looking in. This is what we do day, every day. We follow the news. But I, I didn't, you know, is it half the students? Is it all of them? How many? What percentage? Uh, it, did this start two months ago? I, I didn't really know specifically when it started, but now you realize that this tsunami is going to hit the budget of millions of Americans. If my memory serves me right, about 50 million Americans have student loan debt. Hopefully they'll get into that statistic. Don't quote me on that one, but hopefully they'll get into that stat later on in the article. But this all comes back. The the you know the economic... Uh, dream that they've been living or, or this uh, false reality, maybe it's a better way to say it, where their expenses have just been cut massively because of what happened in 2020 and the government policies. You know, we think of stimmy checks as though you're getting money. We forget about the stimmy checks that people have received by not getting money, but having to not pay their expenses. So we go from that be becoming front and center where the rubber meets the road September 1st. It's almost like you've gone to the party, you've had your fun, you've drank the Kool-Aid, you've gone to bed, and September 1st is when you're going to wake up with the economic hangover. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. 
If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. And this is according to a survey survey from Credit Karma. The finding is in line with what the Biden administration, many experts, I wouldn't call the Biden administration experts, have long feared, though the brunt of the pandemic is in the rearview mirror. Now, let's be clear, the brunt of the government's policies, this was not due to a virus. This was the government's policies, is in in the rearview mirror and inflation is down from its meteoric rise due to the government's policies (laughs) over the last year, resuming student loan payments likely going to hurt millions of households that had found some financial security over the past three years. And of course, the the financial insecurity was created, what? Say it with me, by the government's policies. (laughs) Cutting back on non-essential spending will be the most typical way borrowers will adjust. And again, this has a systemic effect across the entire economy from the standpoint of who's doing all the hiring right now. Not all, I'm exaggerating, but the majority of the hiring, as you guys know, is coming from movies, restaurants, travel, bars, cafes. And why are those businesses seeing such high demand? Well, because their customers don't have to pay their student loans. And what's interesting is most of the people that have student loans work within those industries. So you see the risk. So the customers, their aggregate demand decreases because now their expenses go up to where they were. And therefore, less demand. Therefore, the companies have to cut back. Therefore, they reduce their staff. And their staff being let go, That those people include the people that also have to start paying back their student loans. So you have this kind of uh, feedback loop, if you will, within that sector of the economy, which I would argue has been really the only strong point of the economy over the last year and a half. It says even higher earners will struggle when payments come well, when payments resume, unsurprisingly, 68% of borrowers with household incomes under 50 grand say they'll have to choose between keeping up with their loan payments and buying necessities. Jeez. Wow. Yeah, I remember not so long ago when if you had an income of $50,000, I mean, you weren't rich by any stand, by any stretch of the imagination, but you weren't in just, you weren't at the point where you're having to choose whether to make your loan payment or buy groceries. They say, but a larger portion of higher Earners also expect to struggle. 45% of borrowers with household incomes of 100000 or more say they'll be forced to make those hard choices. Look, let me give you some tough love. And I don't think too many Rebel Capitalist listeners fall into this category. But if you are someone that is making $100,000 a year and you can't afford to make a $400 student loan payment to where you've got to make quote unquote hard choices, you're bad with money. Like you're really bad with money. You need to look yourself in the mirror and say, I suck with money. I need to understand what a budget is. I need to cut back on my expenses and I need to improve my skill set around managing my own finances. You've got to have that conversation with yourself. You know, we grow up in this participation trophy society where I'm sure a lot of these people get coddled with the individuals around them. You're making a hundred grand for heaven's sakes. And I understand inflation has gone up. I get it. 
but but dude, if you can't make a four hundred dollar a month payment and you're making a hundred grand, you need to completely ignore all those people around you saying it's not your fault. It is your fault. You're really bad with money, and it's up to you to be better with money. Let's get back to the article. Other debts may be a part of the issue. More than 50% of the borrowers say they struggle to make auto loan payments, mortgage, credit card balances. Yeah, so, so again, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole again, but we need to take some personal responsibility for heaven's sakes. With the people, 50,000 less, I get it. But 100,000, that's a completely different subject in my opinion. But from a macro standpoint, it's all the same. It just means that likely aggregate demand goes down, aggregate demand going down while at the same time, we have the lack of liquidity in the banking sector. We have credit creation growing down. We have credit becoming very, very tight for businesses as they roll over their debt. We have the issues with the commercial real estate sector. You have kind of this perfect storm that may be kind of pushed over the edge September 1st when all these millions and millions of borrowers have to now start making those payments back. And remember, you can't get rid of those student loan payments on bankruptcy where they're going to have to decide groceries. Do I go to the movies? Do I go to a restaurant? Do I go travel? Do I do any of these things or pay off my student loan? The answer is pay off the student loan. So all those other businesses that have been the main, the main driver of job growth, they take a hit. All right, guys, definitely a story we'll have to pay attention to, see how this unfolds. And we'll have to watch the statistics about retail spending and how the job growth is playing out within those sectors, which I think the majority of demand is coming from these individuals who are going to have to start paying back those student loans. September 1st, that's D-Day. That's the date that we're really going to have to pay attention to regarding this macro topic. All right, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. We'll see you in the next video.